Today's episode of Tyson Tate is brought to you by Discover. With prices soaring at the pump, Discover has your back with cash back. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target now through June on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with the Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, for the fifth time this postseason, Tate, I don't know how they do it, but they've done it five times this postseason. The Boston Celtics are your NBA champions. Congratulations. I, to the Boston I am Celtics. waiting for the picture of Tatum doing the six. We, 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 <laughs> he's going for number six very soon, but you're right. The Celtics uh, beat the Heat uh, to take a 3-2 lead, Tate, and now there's nothing that can go wrong. We are, we are back. It had, the series has swung the other way. The, the Heat are done. Jimmy Butler needs more help, yes. but also Jimmy Butler is not a star. So uh, <laughs> who who on the Heat needs more help is the question. Everybody needs more help, but also the Heat were the one seed in the East. So explain all that. I don't know. It makes no sense. But that's Play Duncan Robinson. That's what I would say. Yeah. That'd be my answer. I don't know. Duncan Robinson needs more help. Who? who? <laughs> I saw Joel Embiid said that he'd need another star. And, uh, Which apparently, that, yeah. uh, I, I trace this back with my Philly people, that apparently it was because Jimmy Butler said to him that Philly needed another star. Oh. So this was like Joel. So a lot was read into it that he might want to play in Miami, but in reality, I guess it was more of a jab at Jimmy. So there's some context to that. I got you. Well, man. The NBA. Oh, boy. Wow. Days of our lives is basically the same as the NBA. If you like soap operas, you love it. These playoffs are terrible, dude. These playoffs are so bad. And I guess maybe that's what we talk about today. I don't know. Um, We're also going to have Mike Rutherford on the show. A longtime friend of the program, Mike Rutherford. Uh, If you you listen to the show regularly, you you know Mike. Uh, He's the guy we have on when uh, shit hits the fan in Louisville and we laugh at him. When we get breaking news (laughs) from Louisville, Kentucky, he comes Um, up on a dissection. But this time... This time there is good thing. There are good things happening. Uh, Louisville has just hired Milt Wagner, the the father of Dewan Wagner, a, a guy a, a guy who once scored a hundred points in a high school game. A guy who was a uh, I believe I believe the sixth pick uh, in the NBA draft once upon a time. Um, yeah. His son, Milt's grandson, is. Uh, named DJ Wagner. He is the number one, one of the number ones. I don't know. One of the, the number ones. Now number two uh, officially, yeah. Recruit in the 2023 class. He was originally going to go to Kentucky. Everyone said he's it's a because it, of uh, Dewan Wagner's relationship with Calipari. It was a done deal that he's, this, this man is going to go to Kentucky. Uh, Kenny Payne was on staff at Kentucky once upon a time. We know that. Um, but now it's been flipped. And now by hiring Milt Wagner, uh, all the all the juice is in the Louisville basketball program. Is the sky falling in Kentucky in Lexington? I don't know. We had Mike on to talk about it because uh, we, we we can't make sense of all this. What are, what yeah, are all these good headlines coming out of Louisville? Yeah, we, did, we don't know. We try to decipher it. But at the end of the day, Mike Rutherford is boots on the ground. And that's what we need. We need boots on the ground. So we had a, a long conversation with Mike. We love Mike. Every time he comes on the show, we always have a lot of fun. I don't know if he always has fun, but uh, today uh, – <laughs> Today, I think all three of us had some fun. It is a Memorial Day weekend. There's a lot to talk about, but first, Woody Durham.
All right, Ted, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have I have done my best during these NBA playoffs to uh, to, to, to hold off on, on shitting on them too much because uh, we are college basketball guys first and foremost. We know that. But we are basketball guys. That, that's the thing we want the that's American the people difference. to understand. We are basketball yeah. guys. Um, and and the NBA isn't always a basketball league. Sometimes it's a, you know, whatever the hell they did. It's, it's a league. show. It's a it's yeah. business. But sometimes it's not a game of basketball. Yes. It's what you and I try to uh, talk about and right. engulf ourselves in, but we get so distracted by other things. I've, I've been hesitant to say what I'm about to say because I don't want to come across as the uh, the college basketball guy that's uh, crapping all over the NBA because if, if we, we don't need a rivalry between the NBA and college basketball. This no. is not something that is that, that suits the game well. For all the people that say they love the game, um, you you should you should understand that this is not good for the game. This is the, no other game has this. The 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 NFL and the in college football are not at odds with each other. The NFL is not playing games on Saturday, uh, competing directly with uh, college football, and, and college football is not playing on Sunday. There's a nice symbiotic relationship in those leagues. I don't. I want the same. I, I envision a world table where we're all under one basketball tent together. So yeah. I don't want to say what I'm about to say, but I can't. I can't go on not saying it the nba playoffs are terrible they've been terrible this year they've actually been it's been like kind of funny trying to make sense of the swings back and forth of uh you know of of i mean they take a look at the heat and the, the celtic series that's a great example of like the heat when the heat show up they they run the celtics off the floor when the heat don't show up they um they're terrible and, and guys are hurt left and right and 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 luka Doncic needs help until he doesn't need help and on and on and on I'm ready to say it. I think these might be a Mickey Mouse playoffs. That's where I was going to go with this. Is that I, I think I think we might be winning yeah. the Mickey Mouse playoffs. And I am not ready to affix an asterisk to these playoffs yet. But uh, I have I have opened up the case. I keep my asterisk in a case. I have opened the case, and I am staring at the asterisk, and I am about to grab it and affix it to these playoffs. But I need some more time to think about it. But that's where I'm at right now. That these playoffs well, are terrible. You said it. We should be under the same umbrella, and we are under the same umbrella, basketball umbrella. And we said, and you know, I, I really stuck my neck out. This is 2022. Mm. This is part two of 2020. And what happened in 2020, America? Mickey Mouse. The bubble. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is yeah. what happened. We saw it in front of our faces. And what did it do? It led us to this point in time where we have not had enough rest and recovery for our top basketball players on the planet. And now we have this unpolished, disgusting product because these guys got overworked. They got overexerted and mm -hmm. they got taken down to a Mickey Mouse experiment. And now we are seeing the ramifications of that decision. We are seeing watered down guys. We are seeing guys who are completely worn out, who are not able to play at their highest level jimmy butler's giving all he's got he's got nothing left in the tank because you sent him down to a mickey mouse mission about two <laughs> years ago and his body is still reeling from it it was a dumb decision then it was dumb we we we, we had to promote it we had to propagate it but at the same time we knew that this was a little ridiculous and not only that to start another season on the heels of that not two months later was mm -hmm. even more egregious mm -hmm. and now we are seeing what happened because of that? And now we have to live with that. Now we have a year in 2022 where things are supposed to be quote unquote back to normal. And they're not because our basketball was not handled properly. And now we get to watch this watered down bad product. And it's not the player's fault because the players were overworked, overexerted, and they did not get enough recovery and they're not ready for this moment. You said it. That's it. I'm yelling. I'm yelling at the cloud. <laughs>
I'm upset. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's fr- you, you can see the wheel spinning of all the uh, NBA media dudes that that do this for a living. I mean, you and I just kind of pop in for we we, we watch the NBA. You, you we pop in, we pop in yelling. Yeah, you is- you have takes throughout the season that you'll you'll pepper in on the show. Be like any shout outs or closeouts. You're like, yeah, shout out to the uh, the Utah Jazz. I think they're uh, really moving the ball well. I'm like, I'm what, never t- what are we doing? <laughs> like, t- what are we doing? Not on this program. Not on- <laughs> like, yeah, I want to shout out the Thunder. I think some of the moves. I think the way they're flipping their assets. Lately, and I'm like, Tate, what it's turn off his mic. Tate, it's it's early January. What are we doing here, buddy? Um, but uh no, we 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 pop in, we have some fun during the playoffs, but the guys who have to do this year round and they're watching these teams and 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 studying lineups and and coaching decisions and all that, and yeah. uh you, you see them in the playoff state, you're you're watching these shows and you're listening to these podcasts. And boy, do I feel for my NBA media brethren because I, I don't know, like they're struggling to make sense of what the hell they're watching, and I and I don't blame them. Like I, they're 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 all searching for answers. How did we get here? Why is it that the that that Luca the the Luca situation blows my mind? That Luca Doncic has zero help. Uh, everyone continues to say this that this man has zero help. I witnessed with my own two eyes. A Dallas Mavericks team without Luka Doncic beat the Utah Jazz twice in a playoff series. I saw it. I saw. It. I don't know if anyone else saw it. I was watching. Um, this man, but then Luka comes back and they lose, and then Luka has no help. But then they beat the Warriors pretty handily in Game Four. Uh, so now he has help. By the way, we are recording this. Um, we're, we're recording today's show before Game Five. The game starts in about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah the game starts in an hour and a half. So. Uh, Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors um, on moving on to the – so this, this is a choose-your-own-adventure. Fast forward uh, like five minutes, not even five minutes. Fast forward 30, hit, hit the double 15 seconds if the Mavericks won. Um, and, 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 and that'll be that'll – be, we're, we're going we're gonna to pretend that the Warriors won, though. Uh, congratulations to the Warriors you did on it. moving on. Steph Curry back is to the finals. Back to Maybe he's going to win his finals MVP. It was is so Steph cool. Curry better than LeBron? That is yeah. what I'm asking myself. If he gets his fourth ring, is he is he on the same level right. as LeBron? Right. Congratulations to – I really thought when Draymond got into it with the refs in this game, that's when it like kind of flipped on its head and uh, – that made a yeah, the Warriors were down and, early. I thought Luca had yeah. him. But Draymond, that was a big moment yeah. that he did that. Yeah. Okay. Shout now, now reset. Uh, now, and now here we are. Uh, congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks. Tate, it, dare I say it? Could the Mavericks come back from down 3 0? Could it mm-hmm. happen? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but that's where we're at is that like you, you, it, it's, it's a choose your own adventure of trying to make sense of all this stuff because like you're, you're, it's supposed to, it's supposed to make sense when the the series plays out in front of you. Is that like you know how many times I've watched the Heat Celtics series and I've seen um, like quarter by quarter, half by half, whatever. Ah, so they they, they have it figured out now. Like the the Celtics finally <laughs> have it figured out. It looks like the Celtics have finally cracked the Heat, and and like they probably have honestly. That, that now, like what the the, the watching Game Five, it, it sort of does feel like we've gotten to that point that the Celtics have finally cracked the heat. But also, we've said this every single time the Celtics win, <laughs> they finally figured out the heat. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's it, the NBA media guys don't know what the hell's going on. I just want one good game. I want one good game that comes down to the wire. That there's real stakes involved. It's not like Game One or Game Two. It's like this is it, the winner go home situation. Oh, it's annoying. I don't, I don't think we're going to get that because I don't think any of these teams are at their – you know, we always joke when uh, someone will ask about a player and they're like, what are you percent-wise, you know, and they're like, I'm 80% tonight and, you know, or I'm 85% or 86%, whatever it was. But, like, I sincerely think that if you go through these four teams that we have left and you actually did, like, some guy – 
Shout out to Evan. Maybe Evan could do this. But like, what percentile of this team, you know, to their full capacity, their full potential? Like, I think the Warriors are probably operating like 87%, right? <laughs> like, they're still not even close to 100%. The Heat aren't close to 100%. I'm looking at the Celtics. They're not close to 100%. Every single game, they got 15 guys on the injury list. Same with the Heat. The Mavericks, right? I mean, they have Tim Hardaway Jr. sitting on the bench. He's supposed to be the actual number two guy. So none of these guys, none of these teams, James Wise was supposed to be playing. None of these teams are are at 100%, not even close, mm-hmm. that we're all doing legacy plays when it's really <laughs> dependent on availability. You know what I mean? And that, that I think, the, what's crazy because we're so used to doing that in the playoffs, right? And we did it last year with Giannis and everything. And Giannis was a super freak, and he kind of, and the Suns were their own anomaly in this one season, right? But like, regardless of that, should we be doing legacy plays when we're not even close to 100? No. And that, and I, that I think, is what's breaking. You mentioned the NBA media. That's why they're broken, because they're so used to being like, this means equates to this legacy. Yes. But really, we can't do that because the whole thing is a miss. It's a mess. It's a mess so, and a miss. A miss and a mess. <laughs> a mess. The blip but and a bomb. At the same time, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've I, I found myself more and more in the last uh, – Four, five, six days last week, maybe. I don't know. Um, watching the NHL playoffs more than the NBA. I'm watch, I'm going to watch the Hurricanes tonight. You know what I mean? I'm I'm going. I'm not going to start on the NBA. I'm going to start watching NHL, and I'm going yeah. to check my phone uh, at around halftime of the NBA game, see what the score is, and then I'll flip over to the NBA game if it's close. But it's not yeah. going to be close. It's it's going to be a blowout. I just don't know who's going to blow out who. <laughs> exactly. And you know what the worst part is? You and I, when we were talking about when we had the full slate of playoff teams, we were like, what's best for business for the NBA? What are they trying to get to happen? And we both said Warriors-Celtics is what the business yeah. probably you know, says to dictate. And we're probably going to get Warriors-Celtics. You yes. know, as, it's, as it sits right now, that's what you expect to see. And I don't have much excitement for that. Like all I, The only thing I'm excited to see is Draymond Green realize that Grant Williams is Draymond Green. Like I, I'm excited for the Spider-Man moment where he's like, "Wait, wait, what?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, that's the only thing that I'm excited to see. But otherwise, it is not going to be something that is well, you know everyone's been waiting on. Uh, I don't know, you, dude, because if, you know, if 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 Steph goes into TD Garden and has big games in the finals, that actually then for the first time he wins his first championship this is like his first yeah, this, yes yes he will finally get all He'll the finally get yeah we're finally gonna start hearing like is steph curry like actually maybe goat here <laughs> did is steph he... curry change basketball <laughs> question mark new york times headline <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah i think so <laughs> I don't know. When he won unanimous, the unanimous MVP in 2016 and won 73 games six years ago, I kind of thought he changed basketball. But no, he won in Boston, and he is now on the Mount Rushmore. So <laughs> deal with that, haters. That's oh, the other part of this. I want to get ahead because I've been waiting for Steph Curry to get that you know kind of final check of validation. And I and I just said not five minutes ago that you should not be doing legacy, legacy plays. plays yeah. I want to take that back because if it's if it's a legacy play for Steph Curry, then it counts. If, if, but if people are finally going to get yeah, Steph yeah. Curry credit, I will I will let that happen. It counts for Steph. It counts for uh, Tatum, obviously. Tatum, if, if Tatum yeah. wins a ring, we're then going to get like, we're, we're, boy, the graphics Best are going to be player. We're, yeah. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna get graphics thrown in our face about mm-hmm. all the guys that have won rings before they were twenty five. Yeah. And here's the list. It's a it's not a long list. But then you're like, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of guys on all these teams that are under 25 that are winning. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
where you know you know what we mean like the superstar that led his team to the <laughs> i think the about this, 125 and it's obviously because winning time is in front of our face and magic johnson just came out with the doc but i do think about like in the context of today's nba with everything being pyramid legacy you know you know all this sort of stuff if a jason tatum or a zion williamson or whoever it may be went into their first year as a rookie played a different position in the game on the road and won finals MVP as a rookie. I mean, you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. what would the what would the reaction be? Because we see re- crazy reaction when Jason Tatum goes in Milwaukee and has forty six points and we start talking Pantheon and things like that. So could you imagine if Magic Johnson did what he did as a rookie in today's <laughs> yeah. current time and how shot to the moon he would be? That is like the kind and of And he's not even I'm the best and, and then like I'm I'm reminding everybody he's not even the best player on his own team. And, <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then the 14-year-olds on Reddit are like, shut up, Boomer. Yes, he is. I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure Kareem, <laughs> sure Kareem got him here. And everyone's like, yeah. shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up, bitch. It's The Rock. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just is tweeting gifts at me at The Rock saying, shut up, bitch. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like, I think this Eddie Johnson guy's really good. And then my bosses call me and they're like, Mark, you're not as active on Twitter as you used to be. What's going on? And I'm like, I, I every time I log on, I'm getting shut up bitch in my face. Dude. <laughs> like just plow through. Um, no, I it's Michael Jordan's fault. I mean, that's that's it's hundred percent Michael Jordan's fault. That that because I, I as I watch winning time, like I had the, I had a similar similar thought in that um what was this a thing? I, I mean, obviously Bird and Magic, the, the rivalry was was the moment they entered the NBA that that was a talking point of which one was better and yeah and it, it, it'll forever be a talking point um but the, the idea the, um, <laughs> it'll forever be a talking point and i don't understand why because bird is clearly better and that just that is a no <laughs> no um but as i was watching i was like i did anybody talk about the, the greatest like it, it, the, the the winning time got me a, a an appreciation for it, it 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 gave me a greater appreciation i guess for kareem abdul jabbar who i knew was already great i've, I've yeah. you know whether you're a college basketball person a high school basketball person an nba person whatever kareem is probably on your list of goats he might he might literally be the greatest high school college and nba player of all time um but as i was watching it i was like man i i, I don't know if pe- were people like really was that or was it just understood at the time? Was mm. it, was that why no one was arguing it? Like it was just kind of understood. Like he's the goat. We don't need really need to talk about. It. And until Jordan came along and challenged Kareem, but then I think like Bird and Magic in the middle probably got people titillated where they were like, I don't know, man, is Magic better than Kareem? I don't know. But like that moment in time, 1980, Los Angeles Lakers. I like to believe this is my own. Uh, I wasn't even around, but I got like nostalgia for that era. That. There was not discussions about who's the goat, who's no. Uh, wh- wh- where when where James does this rank Worthy on the... when James Worthy won Finals MVP, no one said that hurts Magic Johnson's legacy. Yeah, it, right, you know what I mean. Right. Like it, like in the same way that Andre Iguodala or Kevin Durant winning Finals MVP somehow has hurt Stephen Curry, even though he averaged over twenty five points per game in those series and was great. It's like somehow in today's context, it's like well that's a knock on him. He's not a Finals MVP, but it's like in the context of the yeah. series, James Big Game James was like. I'm I'm the one that they're 
taking away magic. They're taking away this guy. Like, I'm going to have to step up and score based on the context of basketball, which is, goes back to, like, the business and the show and the game itself. The game right. itself constituted Andre Iguodala being featured because he had to stop LeBron James. You know what I mean? So they're well, the, the most valuable, quote-unquote, in the series, right? Well, that era of basketball was basketball, and then now <laughs> Michael Jordan comes along and turns it into big business, and, and here it's we are. And it's, it's Jordan's fault. That's all Jordan's fault. Um, now – Huh. That's that's the disconnect, and now we have to uh, we have to argue about legacies instead of uh, and 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 all these blowout games and like the the people that that love basketball and are trying to make sense of the basketball are like have have never been more confused watching this playoffs. And there's really, there's really no one that's trying to explain it away, right? Everyone's just kind of like you said. I mean, all of the the reporters and stuff are trying to get you excited. They're trying to explain it away. But the, the obvious reason why we're struggling is because all of these guys should not be playing basketball right now, and they're worn out. They've played too much basketball. They have, In this two-year yeah. window, they've played three seasons. That makes no sense. Like a a three, three playoffs, you know what I mean? Like that. that's – that doesn't make any sense. That's a lot of basketball and no off season. And you wonder why guys are fatigued and are like, I'm quitting on my team. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? People are like, well, why does James Harden want to go to the club? He's like, I'm tired of working, bro. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> and at some level you're like, he's not wrong because he's been overworked, but also you're like, he's wrong. He's obviously wrong. He's obviously wrong, dude. The exactly. sons were wrong. Yeah, the sons, yeah. the sons the are wrong. Sons were I I oh. the Suns were worse than the Sixers because at least the Sixers are like, listen, man, we could try and we could yeah. win this game, but we're definitely losing game seven. They had they had they were looking ahead. They were like, we're not we we know we're they're gonna win at some yeah. point. We, yeah. we just want to go ahead and get ahead. Right. And even if we win game seven, then we're probably gonna lose the next round. So the like, Sixers ripped the band-aid off, and the Suns, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what they did. They just completely laid a flat egg. And I, I've never <laughs> seen a flat egg like that in my life. Still can't explain it. Anyway, uh, the finals, I, I don't know. I'll, we'll check back in on the finals. I, I, I guess that's where I'm at. And that's where I'm at, too. I'll, 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 I don't know. <laughs> we just need college, we need we, we need good college basketball offseason content to to sustain us while this BS is happening. Because like you said, or we just start talking about hockey, which I'm fine with. By we way. should, dude. We should like if if, if the playoffs that. if the NBA playoffs continue to suck ass, I'm I'm more than happy to talk about hockey. Because you have but, Avalanche connections, dude, I that, Hurricanes connections. Like we we can talk about hockey. I was devastated that that McKinnon goal. Yeah. That, uh, the did you watch the game last night? Blue, the the Blues. The Blues, like it just felt like that was a moral victory, but the, the well, Avalanche are going to win the series. I was heartbroken. I yeah. was heartbroken that the the Blues tied it up and then uh, um, scored. They had to win it. that game for Bennington. I felt like in their mind, they were like, "We got to win yeah. one more." But it does feel like the Avalanche are obviously the better team. So the Avalanche are the better team. They're they're uh, they're they're out skating them. They're uh, <laughs> they're out, they're out checking them. Uh, Have you no, seen the- Connor McDavid's goal differential, Mark Edits? <laughs> <laughs> McKinnon is awesome. I, I I knew nothing of that guy, and uh, yeah. I, uh, I I've enjoyed watching him this uh, this postseason. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know anyone on the Hurricanes other than Coach Rod Brindamore, who was the last player that I was actively involved invested in. You know, back in the day when he actually played and won a Stanley Cup. But I love this Hurricanes team. You know, they've won me over. <laughs> I hate the Rangers. I have like I don't know why. I don't know why. It's like it, it's like something clicked in my brain, like the South versus New York. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I have to get these yeah. Rangers out of my face. So it's fun. I'm the the winner of this series gets to claim Michael Jordan. Oh wow! New York I mean, versus. Uh, what's funny is that New Yorkers yeah. have never not claimed Michael Jordan. When I was a kid, like <laughs> people convinced me at one time that he wasn't from North Carolina. You know what I mean? They're like, he's from Florida, "Bro, shut up." <laughs> 
New York. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's pull the plug on uh, NBA talk for now until uh, I'm in until something more interesting happens. Hopefully, there's hopefully you get one good game. I would I wouldn't mind the Mavs winning tonight. By the way, that would that would be cool. Actually, that would be great. That would, that would be cool. And then uh, make the Warriors sweat a little bit, maybe. And I don't, and then maybe like Steph has to have a heroic effort in Dallas to win the series. I don't know, just some something to make me feel alive because I'm just yeah. sitting there staring at a. I got I got a blank look on my face as I'm watching these NBA playoffs, just kind of waiting for something interesting to happen. But you know when, um, when Princess Leia is like, "You're our only hope, Obi Wan Kenobi." That yeah. is me right now to Stephen Curry. You're our only hope, Stephen Curry. Please, Stephen Curry, like give us some magic, give us some sort of moment, give us some mm-hmm. sort of gravitas because. I, we need it as a do the thing. Do me. the thing where you don't miss. <laughs> yeah, do the, get hot. Thing. Get hot. Steph, come on. Get hot. Get hot for me. <laughs> you and I buy tickets to the Warriors game. We're we just, just yelling at Steph, yelling, get hot. Clay, get hot. <laughs> Jordan, do the, thing. do the thing. <laughs> do your thing. And then Poole looks at us and we just both go, you're him. You're him. Do it. You're him. <laughs> And honestly, he'd probably go off. He's like, I don't know. I looked at two guys in the crowd. They just kept yelling at me, you're him. <laughs> and I am him, so. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's talk to Mike Rutherford. Let's do it. Quick break to talk about our friends at Coors Light. It is Memorial Day weekend. Summer is here, Tate. Not officially, but also officially at the same time. We uh, we don't care what the science says in this country, Tate. We care what the, uh, what the, the holiday calendar says. And Memorial Day is the way we usher in summer. Uh, and no, what better way to do it, Tate, than with a, with a nice ice-cold cooler full of the silver bullets, full of Coors Lights. I know on Sunday I will be at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, turn three infield, sitting on a mound. I've, I've gotten a little older. This is this is my – I'm, I'm letting everyone know where I'll be because I've had people hit me up trying to ask, like, are you going to the race and, and what's the play, all that. When I was younger, I used to go stand by the fence. I used to stand up all day. I used to, you know, be a part of the more of the party scene. I still will be at the party. I will be on the outskirts of the party. I will be sitting on the top of one of the mounds. I have gotten more interested in the race as I've gotten older because uh, I just simply I, I I can't hang with the youngins anymore. But I tell you what, as I'm sitting on the mound, I will be drinking Coors Light and nothing but Coors Light, and I cannot wait. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash TNT. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're also brought to you by our friends at SoFi. With all the jargon flying around, it can be hard to figure out how to start investing. Getting your money right is easier with SoFi, the first investing platform to offer stocks, ETFs, automated investing, and cryptocurrency too, all in one app. I just started using SoFi, Titus. It was uh, an app that I really needed. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. investing, but I do know that I have season tickets you don't have to. to SoFi Arena. So I go to SoFi Stadium, and mm-hmm. I watch the Chargers play. And every single time I walked in, I kept seeing SoFi in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to get this app. I got to learn how to invest because I want to keep my tickets. I want to keep coming back to SoFi. And if I don't have 
investments and money, then I can't pay for these tickets. So shout out to SoFi. They, they got me figured out. Um, whether you're eager to get started with investing or you already know the ropes and want to diversify your portfolio, SoFi has your back. No commissions on trading stocks and ETFs, plus no account fees or hidden fees. Get hands-on with active investing or let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio by doing it for you. You can explore the world of cryptocurrency alongside the rest of your investments. SoFi protects against fraud and theft to keep your crypto secure, and they redeem rewards points in crypto as well. Cut through the jargon and make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash T-A-N-T, that's T-A-N-D-T, to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's S-O-F-I.com slash T-A-N-T. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. All investments involve risks, including the loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results or future performance. Shout out to our friends at SoFi. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Joining us now is a man who needs no introduction on this program. He is a longtime friend of the program. He is a uh, he's our Louisville correspondent, a, a program that that Tate and I have made many jokes about through the years. He has come on no. the show. <laughs> he has he has taken those jokes on the chin. But Tate, dare I say it, the Louisville Cardinals are winning the offseason right now. Ooh. And we have to get Mike Rutherford Hang on the show. The banner. Yes. To talk about this, uh, Mike, I'll start with this. This is my favorite like big picture question I always ask you when we're laughing about Louisville and trying to get a sense of where you're at with Louisville basketball. On a scale of one to ten, how much do we miss Rick Pitino right now? <laughs> Before I answer, let me just say, every other time that I've come on the show, you guys have been like the day of like texting me for hours about we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Your producer texts like the the Zoom link like an hour and a half before we're we're set to tape. It was like five minutes before we were supposed to go on. <laughs> I hadn't heard one word from anybody. I was like, these sons of bitches are waiting until the last possible second, waiting for something terrible to happen to Louisville so that it can dominate the conversation. Where's our he, news? We're, we're waiting. Holding, you were waiting. You were waiting for something we're terrible. Waiting to for, uh, we're waiting for Amani to to commit to Louisville finally. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was gonna be it. Mid-June, at the earliest, he says. It's on his terms. <laughs> right before we're classes for start. Him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I still miss Rick Pitino. I'm, I'm oh. always going to miss Rick Pitino. I, I love Rick Pitino. I, I, I'm an Iona Gales fan. Uh, what are you going to say? Um, so the scale of 1 to 10, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, I don't know, 6.9. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between go. 6 and 9. Um, it, for, for, for those that listen to the show and might not be abreast of, uh, there you go. There's a little Patino clown mm. words there mm. um, of, of, of what is going on at Louisville. I'm going to do my best to sum it up and then Mike's going to correct me. Um, uh, everything that I get wrong. Number one, Louisville hires Kenny Payne. He is officially the the new we we as I, I think the people that listen to our show, Mike, still think that Louisville hasn't hired anybody and, and Rick <laughs> Patino might actually come back. We we talked about Patino going back and then Kenny Payne gets hired and we just kind of dropped it, and let it go. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Kenny Payne has uh, we'll, we'll say brought the juice to the program. He has he has hired Nolan Smith from Duke. Yeah. Um, which is, which is, you know, Nolan Smith played at Duke. He was, you know, we, we could have assumed that he was going to be Shire's right-hand man. Not the case. He's coming to Louisville. Uh, he now, the reason we have Mike on is because th this is the big one to me. 
is that he has hired Milt Wagner to be, yes. I believe his official title is DJ Wagner's grandfather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ Wagner be Dewan Wagner's the artist son. known as Dewan Wagner's dad. Uh, yes, yes, it's not <laughs> DJ Wagner's grandfather. Um, and this is this is sent shockwaves through college basketball through the state of Kentucky because DJ Wagner was leaning towards Kentucky, but now Kenny Payne's at Louisville. Anyway, uh, every time I look up Mike for the first time in a long time and I see the words Louisville on my on my phone with an alert, it's something good about the program. It's it's it, there's there's a buzz around. Is it fair to say that there is a buzz around Louisville basketball now? Definitely a buzz. Uh, you mentioned Nolan Smith was a a big deal. I think a lot of people thought that. If Kenny Payne was hired, that was going to be the first guy who was coming with him. Winds up happening. Danny Manning kind of comes out of left field. Um, there was a lot of talk about Milt Wagner being the third assistant or being a special assistant. There's this weird NCA rule. Uh, we finally find out that he is – let's get it right, guys. He's a university employee, not an athletics employee. It's, yeah. a, hy- it's a hybrid role. If you're looking for him <laughs> in the UofL athletics employee database, you're not going to find him. If you look for him in the university at database – He's right there. So you've got him. And then you also have Josh Jamison from Oregon, who like, I, I don't want to say he's the token white guy on staff, but he's, he, he's the token white guy on staff. Like <laughs> he, he's kind of the other guy that you forget about, but the Milt Wagner thing, it, it's, it, it's super weird because I don't know how many people knew this NCAA rule existed about if you hire a family member of a player, you're actively recruiting. He has to be one of the three full-time assistants. Like, I mm. didn't know this was a rule. Uh, like, oh, really? I still don't really know. Yeah, it, this, so this is the weirdest thing. This is the it, it, it can't be straightforward with UofL athletics, right? So we're going to hire Milt Wagner. It's been known for a long time. And the original thing is he's going to be a special assistant to the program. Then everybody finds out about this rule, which, you know, you had the Mobley situation at USC. He was a full-time assistant. The Cunningham assistant at Oklahoma, uh, situation at Oklahoma State. He was a full-time assistant. This is going to be different than that. So UofL sits around for a long time, figures out, how the hell are we going to do this? They come up with this idea of the hybrid role where he's technically a university employee. And that's what it comes out. So I go on the radio, I, I go on the radio on Tuesday and I spend like 30 hybrid minutes. Role. I, I spent like 30 minutes on the radio talking about, you know, the last few years we've been so overreactionary. We're acting without thinking. It comes up, it winds up in like extortion plots and firing assistants and disastrous seasons. I don't care that we had to wait this long to get Mill Wagner. The university did did their due diligence. They checked all their boxes. They made sure this was by the book, that we could recruit DJ Wagner. Here we go. After I say that, Brett Dawson of the Courier-Journal, who's great, he comes out with a tweet. He's like, interim athletic director Josh Hurd says they're not still 100% sure whether or not <laughs> they can recruit DJ Wagner. And I'm on air as this happens, and I'm like, well, I take back everything I said. We still we got no idea if we can recruit DJ Wagner, apparently, but – what are you going to do? We're, we're, tr- we're trying at least. Working in the gray area. That's Louisville basketball. Just work in the gray area. What do you want me to say? <laughs> we're, we're, doing our, we're doing our damnedest. We're trying to play is, by the rules. We, we can't figure this out. Is, is DJ Wagner that good? I, I, I assume he is. I mean, I, I, but, but I, I, have, I have famously given well, up on uh, recruiting rankings at this point in my life. because He they, was they the number one the recruit time. in the 2023 class, but now Gigi Jackson committed to North Carolina is officially number one. DJ Wagner is number two. Oh, so we have that multiple. Is, no, we have multiple yes. number ones multiple in the recruiting class? No. Yeah, look, look, look people keep saying, look, Louisville basketball is selling out. They're selling their soul to try to get the number one player in the country. And it's, it's, not, it's not true. 
Louisville's selling out. We're hiring relatives to get the number two slash number three <laughs> player in the country. He's been dropped on rivals. He's been dropped on 24-7. And I love that Tate knows this because it literally happened today that they changed the, the kid from USC. Oh, yes. I, 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 I keep my, my rankings up. Well, Once again, well, perfect timing on Titus and Tate so, appearance. So they, so they obviously did it because because of the, like th- this is obvious bias Tate. I mean like if, if DJ Wagner is leading Kentucky, he's number 1. If he's, he's not one. leading Kentucky, yeah. clearly. We we're bumping him down. This mm-hmm. is this this is like I I remember being like 12 years old and catching on to this when I'd watch watch the McDonald's All-American games and they would just go nuts about how many All-Americans Duke and Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas have and all that. And then you like watch the game and you'd see like some of their recruits like weren't that good. And I would just start to like piece it together. I was like, "Wait a second. These guys became All-Americans cuz they committed to Kansas, and then by committing to Kansas, the McDonald's All-Americans game invited the. I see how this works. Yes, I see how this works. Um, so so uh, Kenny Payne basically stole John Calipari's approach to the Wagner family from John Calipari, uh, and and is using who it stole it from him. Larry Brown. So it's yes. like it's like it's Larry Brown started this whole thing, which is why I have a pitch to you, Mike Rutherford, that Larry Brown should be the next hire for Louisville because then John in a hybrid Calipari, role. Yeah, in a hybrid role, <laughs> he, he works for the university and he also helps with the basketball stuff, but he also makes sure that John Calipari can't call you guys out because if he calls you guys out, he calls out his own mentor who taught him how to do this with Ed Manning and Danny Manning. So that's the final thing that I think Louisville does, goes for Larry Brown. One, I'm all for Larry Brown because we're competing with Penny now. Penny's calling us out. He's trying to play us. And I, I love the fact that after he says that, Kenny Payne goes, yeah, yeah, Penny called me. I told him I'd get back with him. Like, we, we, we don't have time for you right now, Penny. We're, we might take him on Penny versus Penny is a great rivalry. I like that. We'll get Penny to you later. <laughs> Two, like, this would be a perfectly cyclical thing if, if hiring Milt Wagner ends up, landing us his grandson because like the first recruitment that I actively remember following, because this is like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And in Louisville, like this is before all the, the rivals and the networks are going crazy. Recruiting is rarely written about in the newspaper, but Dewan Wagner is a huge deal because his dad is, is Milt who played at Louisville was a superstar, mm-hmm. won the 1986 title, still a top five all-time score at the program. And everybody just assumes like this kid's going to come play for Louisville. And, and this is when, you know, Louisville's not doing so great. It's the downturn of the Denny Crum era. We need a, a spark. We need a recruit mm. like this. We need an in. They're writing about him scoring 100 points in a game. Like, this is a done deal. This is the greatest thing ever. We care about recruiting for the first time. And then, boom, John Calipari hires his bleeping dad on staff at Memphis, like one of our oldest rivals. No coaching experience whatsoever. <laughs> no reason to make this move outside of getting uh, his son. Dewan goes there, you know, has a couple whatever seasons, goes pro. And then, you know, they, they, the whole story about him, his illness and, and, you know, injuries and not being able to play in the NBA and dedicating stuff to Cal. So now, 20 years later, we could potentially hire Milt, do the same thing that Calipari did and get his grandson, who's even more highly touted than Dewan was back in the day. And I love the UK fans crying about this. I, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's so perfectly right because – and UofL fans do this too. Like, like we become – what we complained about them being right, and then they right. come they complain about us celebrating it like oh i thought <laughs> right. you guys didn't like yeah, right, it's like well right, yeah because right. we couldn't we like them now we couldn't, <laughs> now that we're doing we it we get it. any yeah we we didn't want to be louisville first while you guys were players first we would have loved to have been players first but now yeah it's it's not that bad of a deal and don't complain about us doing this thing that you've been doing forever it's just like when rick patino first got here yeah he right. was doing the same <laughs> bs that that we hated when he was at UK, and the UK fans were mad that he was doing it at Louisville. Like these two programs, like it's the Spider Man meme constantly <laughs> with us two, and I love it. 
Louisville oh, fan base leads the country in deleted tweets about all, <laughs> just all the all the shit that was said about Rick Petito. Well, I guess Twitter wasn't around then, but then Petito gets hired, uh, and you're like, delete, 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 delete. We love Rick, and same thing now with the uh, the Cal- So wh- where does the rivalry stand? I mean, like I I have uh, I've been probably the loudest critic, Mike, about the uh, the Louisville Kentucky rivalry being one sided. Um, yeah, because they I'm, haven't I'm, they, they haven't beat us since the you know the pandemic started. So it is one side. Pre pandemic, the last time Kentucky beat Louisville in men's <laughs> yeah. basketball. So uh, I got to say, in all honesty, I'm starting to get back into it. Like I I, I feel I, I think this helps. Um, I think uh, we need to not count our chickens before they hatch. I mean, is there a possibility that DJ still goes to Kentucky and and just mm. makes the rivalry go nuclear at that point? That's like disaster scenario because when you talk to people in or around the UK basketball program, apparently John Calipari is still very confident about DJ Wagner. Really? And, you know, then like nationally, understandably so, like the reaction has just been, well, they hired his, grand, his, his grandfather. They had a chance to get him even without hiring Milt. Like clearly the kid's going to go to Louisville. And locally, th- there are a lot of people who talk to John Calipari who's like, he still thinks he's going to have this super class. Like they've got, they think they're going to get the Dillingham kid. A lot yeah. of people thought getting him meant that they'd given up on DJ Wagner. I don't think that's the case. Like there's still very much a battle to be fought here. And this is the, I'll say it like, this is the biggest recruiting battle in the history of Louisville versus Kentucky, because you've mm-hmm. got family ties on both sides. The, mm-hmm. the Wagners consider John Calipari family. The Wagners quite <laughs> literally are family with one another. And well, one works for Louisville and played at Louisville. So whoever doesn't get him, it's either going to be on the Louisville side, like, why do we hire this guy? Like we, we were promised that we're going to get all these five-star prospects. He's never been a head coach before. This was the deal. And now we're losing a guy who's, who's like a grandfather is quite literally on your staff to Kentucky. What are we doing? And if Kentucky doesn't get him, depending on how their season goes this year, it's just another, like John Calipari doesn't have it anymore. Like mm-hmm. we, we the, the, the first part of his tenure was the best. Now we've been on the downside ever since like whichever fan base doesn't get this kid. It's, it's pitchfork and torches time. Like, like people are going to be bleeping <laughs> furious. Like, and it's, it, the stakes are very, very high here. It's a fascinating <laughs> recruitment. And the good news is that like, he can't pull the Duke thing last minute. Like he can't go to Duke last minute anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I think with Nolan being at Louisville, it really is just a Kentucky Louisville recruitment. You know what I mean? And everyone knows that it's just DJ between those two schools. So it's great. It's fascinating. And Cal, obviously Cal is saying that publicly, but he can't believe that privately. He cannot believe that they're still leading privately. There's I, no way. I don't know. I, I, this is what people who are, are very close to him keep saying. Uh, we'll, we'll see. The one, the one, <laughs> yeah, like, just swoop- the, he's like, people said they were close to me. <laughs> hey, <laughs> true. The one, like, swooping <laughs> possibility that people have talked about was Nova. And now with Jay Wright gone, like, that seems out the window. So, like, barring him, you know, bizarrely committing to DePaul, like, I, I think that it's probably <laughs> Louisville versus it. Kentucky, which is great. Like, I mean, it's, it's great theater, it's great fun. And you know how you really ramp up the rivalry? Because you said, you know, a lot of people nationally checked out on it because Louisville has not lost since the COVID started. <laughs> True. That's how pl- I checked out. <laughs> they're playing the game New Year's Eve, the same day as the college football playoff. Oh, which is brilliant. Genius. If you, if you want the biggest eyes, if you want to prove you're a better rivalry <laughs> yeah. than Duke Carolina, how better to do it than noon on New Year's Eve before the college football playoff Just game? Just go up against college what? football and prove you're the better sport. I like it's, it. It's, cool. like it's going to be great. <laughs> Whose idea was this? 
Who? How did this come about? What is this? CBS. Bill Wagner is what I heard. I think it was no, Bill no, Wagner. no. It's, it, Cal Perry. Cal Perry wanted it. I was gonna the, say because Mike, I, I, I saw Mike Woodson did some uh, local event in Indiana that that like I tweeted in my timeline where you go to like the the Friars Club or something and you come out and you wave at everyone and like all the old people stand up and clap and I don't even know what the event was but like for some reason I just seen Mike Woodson quotes like all all up in my timeline and he was talking about how he's gonna do anything it takes to get the Indiana Kentucky rivalry back. And he's like, basically said for the longest time, the stalemate has been that Indiana wants to play on campus. Calipari's a coward. He doesn't want to play on campus because Christian Wadford hurt his feelings in 2012. Um, So Mike Woodson finally this past week said, I'll play it anywhere. Let's get it done. And now, now Indiana fans are like, now Cal can't back out of this. Whereas I think Cal's going to find a way to back out of this. I think is Cal like scared of rivalry? Like what's going on? Yeah. I think Cal, he's got to be terrified. There, there's something I, – I don't know. I don't, a lot of ducking. It, it seems like a lot of ducking behavior. A lot I'm of ducking. Like, dodging, but he's ducking. Hey, don't they aren't, – aren't Kentucky and Carolina – didn't they play all the time every single year? Yeah. They, is yeah. that, is that, that series is done too, right? Well, it's the CBS Classic now. They just do it in that neutral site series. Like you said, you avoid the home and home. You keep it neutral. It's like the Duke it. play. It started with Coach K. People, t- I get a lot of people that ask me what Coach K's legacy is. The legacy is flopping. The legacy <laughs> is like trying to cheat the game within the game. And the legacy is dodging play. Playing home court games. <laughs> I, I would also like the record to reflect that during COVID year, Scotty Davenport and the Bellarmine Knights, uh, 2022 Atlantic Sun Tournament Champions, should have been able to play in the NCAA tournament, but they didn't because yeah. the NCAA sucks. They had an open date. Kentucky had an open date. Bellarmine was like, hey, let's do this. You know who didn't want to do it? John Calipari. Wow. Local team. Dodging every wow. potential role. Coward. Wow. Watch the, game, Makes- watch the game this year, New Year's Eve few eyes as possible because he knows Kenny Payne's coming. It's, 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 it's all happening. No, that's a dumb She's move. A, but the Bellarmine's a Dodger move. He might a, just be a Dodger. <laughs> just saying. Just we, the we evidence are, is mounting. The evidence is mounting. You're absolutely right. We are just facts podcast, and we have we have done nothing but lay out facts right here. My, <laughs> Mike, I got to ask you about the name, image, likeness era of college sports because I I think Louisville is a school that I I would assume. Um, has a, 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 a just the, like the, the KFC Yum Center. I've never been to a game, by the way. We got to fix that. Gotta, go. but, gotta make uh, it happen. It, it feels like if, if I'm thinking of programs that just have an absurd amount of money and, and like the entire existence of the program is basically saying, look at how much money we have. Louisville seems to be up there. Just in, uh, I, I don't, I, 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 that feels right to me. I know, I know probably the, the revenue streams might disagree with that, but like they don't no, number one revenue producer in college basketball for 12 straight years. There we go. Okay. Thank you. All right. So um, do you feel like as I, I know you're not, uh, are you, are you officially in a hybrid role with Louisville athletic program? Um, um, <laughs> not yet. Fi- I'm definitely not in the athletic department database. Um, I, I don't think I'm in the university. But, I don't No, No hybrid role. No, no hybrid role. But as someone who's around and plugged in a little bit and all that, um, do you, do you sense like a, uh, do do you feel like Louisville is on the, 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 taking the right steps? Are we capitalizing the way we need to with name image likeness stuff? Is is this something that, uh, you feel like the, cause 'cause to me, like Rick Pitino era of Louisville was, was, you guys weren't getting awesome recruits. I didn't think you guys get three star guys like the, um, and, and you're winning with, with hard nosed dudes. I feel like that's going to change under Kenny Payne. Is that is it fair to say that this Milt Wagner situation is not a blip? This is going to be a bomb, as we say in uh, on the show. That this is this is where Louisville basketball is headed. 
Yeah, I, I still love the irony of all ironies is that Louisville fans' biggest complaint with Rick Pitino the entire time he was here was that he wasn't getting enough top-tier recruits. And like his legacy at Louisville to a lot of people nationally is like cheating and using strippers yeah, to right, get right. top-tier recruits <laughs> to win games. Uh, so it, it's it's funny how it ended up playing out. But like, there's no reason for you guys to be following this. Tate maybe has seen a little bit of it, but I don't know if you've paid any attention to what Louisville's doing in football recruiting. Like. Mm. This has never happened before. Like they have their 2023 class right now is loaded with high end four stars and low four uh, five stars. They're I think top 10 in the country, according to both recruiting services. They've got all these kids from California that are, mm. are coming in and committing to Louisville. And like we had a, a radio show recently where everybody's talking about how well Kentucky football has been recruiting in the state, uh, predominantly in the city of Louisville. And we got to get back to that. And the person was like, you know, when you look at the class, recruiting in Louisville not really as important as it used to be. And I was like, yeah, because we didn't know that having a GD pipeline to the best players in California was ever possible. Yeah. Like, this is not something that Louisville's ever done, but it's all based on NIL. Like you're getting yeah. this kid, Pierce Clarkson, who's a, a fantastic quarterback at uh, St. John Bosco, one of the biggest football powerhouses in California, commits to Louisville. He buys billboards and puts them all over the, the, the city of Louisville. He's got <laughs> apparently this NIL deal coming. All these he gets all these other West Coast high profile top 50, top 100 players to come visit Louisville. They all come here and they're all like, This place is incredible. I didn't even know what Louisville was. Like, this, like, whatever Louisville's doing, and they've been very secretive about it, which is good given recent and not so recent history. They're they're knocking out of the park with NIL stuff. Now, mm. basketball, it's a little bit different because I think right now with the roster they're trying to assemble, they've still got four available scholarships for next season. It's harder to do because you can't guarantee to some of these transfers that you're going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament. We still don't know, you know if the IRP actually exists, which I'm not 100% sure it does. <laughs> they will deliver a ruling at some point between now and, and 2062. So we can't it feels like Jeff D'Angelo runs the IRP. <laughs> They're not real. It's not a real thing. I don't buy it. It's not. It's never existed. It won't exist. <laughs> Having five cases apparently was too much of a caseload, and the NCAA was like, "We're not taking any new cases." Who could have seen this coming? Um, but we'll we'll get a ruling at some point. But you can't tell like a kid who's got one year of eligibility, like uh, the McNeil kid from West Virginia who ended up committing to Ohio mm -hmm. State. He's from Kentucky. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Louisville. Mm -hmm. He ends up not even taking his visit because they couldn't tell him beyond the shadow of any doubt they'll be able to play in the NCAA tournament. And the earliest they'll find out is like October, which is right before the season starts, which sucks for Kenny Payne's first team. But I do think you'll see the NIL stuff start to really take effect with the classes and the rosters after this year. Okay, that makes sense. I, 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 uh, I it's, it's been interesting though to just see the different coaches that are like, we, we don't do this. I mean... Cal didn't straight up say he doesn't do it, but like the way Cal was, that, that was the weirdest one. Cal's thinking a Saban approach, which is basically like everyone else is paying these kids with NIL yeah. and I refuse to do so. And you're like, yes, because you paid them with the bag. And, and he did that two <laughs> weeks after Oscar Sheeway comes back and everyone says he's he coming back for $2 million. Dude, so <laughs> And I couldn't make sense of like the PR spin of like some coaches are like, we don't, we don't play this game, but then other coaches are probably like, we play this game and we are going to play this game. And we're going to beat everybody at it. And it, it warms my heart that because, like, the idea of Louisville basketball not playing the NIL game is it doesn't make sense. It does not. It does So I, 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 I'm glad you said what you said, Mike. The best thing about the Calipari deal is go back and read his quotes after UK won the national title in 2012 because my man was using all of the the capital that he had earned by winning a national championship and just spreading it wherever he could. I mean, he's telling UK fans straight up, "We're not a traditional program. We don't care about tradition." We're getting players here to go to the NBA. That's all we care about is changing young men's lives. He calls the 
the 2010 NBA draft, the greatest night in the history of Kentucky basketball, which yeah. every Kentucky fan is like, are you effing kidding me? This is r- ridiculous. <laughs> like he's doing all this stuff, basically saying our tradition doesn't matter to a fan base that cares about tradition more than any in any <laughs> sport in America. Like they talk about tradition more than any any fan base you're ever going to find. And now 10 years later, he's like, well, you don't come to Kentucky for NIL. You, you don't come to Kentucky for different reasons. You come here for the tradition. You come here for the fans. You come here for the program, for the coaching. And it's so hilarious. There's this weird trend here locally where like Rick Pitino gets to, to Louisville. He kind of makes Denny Crum and Tubby Smith at the time sort of look old and outdated. Calipari gets to Kentucky. He kind of makes Rick Pitino look a little bit old and outdated. Mm-hmm. And yep. now I think you're seeing Kenny Payne playing the NIL game. He's hiring the the, the son of Jay-Z's like, like Rocka Sports like, <laughs> like agency to be the director of basketball <laughs> operations. Who's got, I mean, no business doing this apparently. Like he's, he's making no bones about who he is and what he's trying to do. And it's kind of making John Calipari look a little bit old. It, 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 look, you know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to be the villain. And we're kind of seeing it play out. Hire Brad. I think that's a, I think that's yeah. the move. I think when Larry Brad Brown and Brad Calipari, I think that's the final nail in the coffin. Then it's yeah, over. Then it's they, over. So they can't say anything. You guys, you guys own them at every level. <laughs> I made I made what I thought was a very harmless and obvious joke about when like Kyle Tucker t- uh, of the Athletic tweeted something along the lines of like Brad Calipari like officially will not be returning to Kentucky. He's got another job lined up. And this is when everybody was speculating about who Louisville's third assistant was going to be. And I was like, Brad Calipari to Louisville's third assistant, done deal. The message boards, it was like Rutherford <laughs> says, like Rutherford's report. Like, they're like, people were like, I, I've, I've given Kenny Payne like the benefit of the doubt up until now. This is a bridge too far. We can't have Calipari's kid on staff. Like people, you, you can't make jokes anymore about this stuff because apparently everything is at least semi-believable. I think, I think that's it though. Hire Brad, get Michael Savarino in the fold as well. Mm. Um, mm. Else can we take Fresh this? off his academic award, we, we, <laughs> yeah. need, we need more of those. He's riding high. That's a that is a dream team of uh, of assistant coaches. Anything else going on? What 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 else? What else do we need to know about? Is there? Uh, I completely forgot about Danny Manning. I glossed over that in my little introduction. I forgot Danny Manning. You guys so. just like had hitters of headlines. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, Kenny Payne did a really good job, and probably the Rock Nation sports team. It sounds like, but they did a really good job <laughs> of just continuing to drop nuggets of news with Louisville basketball. It was like Kenny Payne is coming. Then we got Danny Manning. Then we got Nolan Smith. Now we got Milt Wagner. Now we got DJ Wagner in the fold. We're gonna watch the whole year of his recruitment. So I mean, you guys seem like like you have a plan a PR strategy working right now for for Louisville basketball and we're all in I'm in to cover them the way Mike, that they need to Mike be honest we're going to cut this part from the podcast you can you can be brutally honest and we will uh, okay. we 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 definitely will not keep it in the show whatsoever so just give us your uh give us your real honest take we'll turn we'll turn everything off okay here we go do we want Amani Bates to actually Ooh. commit to Louisville do we want him it- here's here's my thing and I wrote like 50,000 words on this on Carson. They're, like, <laughs> they're like, you're really into Amani Bates. I'm like, I'll, I'll sum this up for you very quickly. I think it's a, it's a win-win for Kenny Payne. Is it not? Like if you, if you take this kid and he is a distraction, if the players don't like him, if all the off the court stuff, the handlers, the dad and all this stuff wind up being a, a disaster, or if he's just not that good, yeah. Nobody's going to blame you because he already went to Memphis and he kind of sucked and he was a distraction and he, they were way better when he stopped playing. Right. If you take him and he kills it, like Kenny Payne's God, right? Like, like Kenny Payne is the, he's the Kingmaker. Okay. Like, he's, he's the guy who made Imani Bates, what we all thought he was going to be five years ago. So I think it's, especially with the situation Louisville's in where 
you're not building a roster that looks like what you hope it's going to be moving forward. You're not even sure you're going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament. I feel like the potential risk is dwarfed by the potential reward, at least for this year. That, that so checks out. Money base. What you saying checks about out. what you saying about this upcoming season earlier? That would that checks out then, because even if he even if he implodes the team this year, like what what was the the the, the opportunity cost that was lost of right. of this particular team of Louisville players? It's next year that you're like two years. I guess, I, I don't know. What do you call them? Yeah. It's the 2023. You know, we do this on the show. This is not Kenny Payne's first year. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Next this year is, will next be his, year first is his first year. When, when DJ Wagner the gets season. there, that's his first year. Yeah. Exactly. That's his first year. Exactly. And I don't know if you guys, year. I don't know if you guys have looked at the current Louisville roster. They've got nine players right now. They've got four scholarships available. Um, They've got one guard at, at, the, at the time. So th- there are people who text into my radio show every single day and are like, any guards yet? Yeah, any guards yet? We're breaking <laughs> down like football recruits that we've never had before. And like in the middle of the text, they're like, that's cool. What guards are we getting? Uh, so Abani Bates could be a guard. Do you, you, guys, him at this do you guys have uh, Purdue on the schedule this year? Because I want to say, we got to get the ACC Big Ten be Louisville Purdue where it's zero guards. It's a t- <laughs> There's 10 it guys on the floor and none of them it can could dribble. Be. <laughs> that could happen. Uh, you know what we do have on the schedule? We got to talk about this. You know, uh-huh. Louisville's in the Maui, Louisville's uh-huh. in the Maui Invitational Look Boys. That, Mike. Look at I'm that, Mike. Sa- I'm just saying. I can't Boys wait. Boys trip to Maui. Mike, it's going to be a great time. We are going to be the, the Maui Invitational Field. I'm going to say I'm going to read it off for the people uh, people listening here uh, because we, we need to we need to highlight just how insane this field is. You have the Creighton Blue Jays, who are John number- Rossi's favorite team. Yes, yes, John, <laughs> who are going to be one of the number one ranked teams. <laughs> One of seven one number of ones. One, one of, of them. One ones. of them ones. Uh, you have the Arkansas Razorbacks, who are also going to be one, one of, of one of them yeah. ones. One of the number one ranked teams. Uh, you have the Arizona Wildcats, who are going to be pretty good. I think probably not as good as last year. I, I would say, but uh, they're top twenty five. They're going to they're going to be top twenty five. Texas Tech should be good. Texas Tech is uh is Texas Tech. We know who they are. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati, San Diego State, and then. Mike's Louisville Cardinals and my Ohio State Buckeyes all yeah. in the field at the Maui Invitational this year. It's going to be like you can you can make it like Cincinnati is probably the worst team, and Cincinnati they have NCAA tournament aspirations. So San Diego State, like both of those teams are good enough to, going to be good enough to make the NCAA tournament next year. It's insane. There, there's going to be of the field of eight. There's going to be what like five or six that are ranked. Yeah, it's going to be fun as hell. Like that field is awesome. It should be a fantastic week. I know, like U of L fans have been dying yeah, to get back to great. Maui. Rick Pitino hated Maui. Like, would not he? Of course, he did. He wanted to go to Atlantis. It's a shorter trip. It's an easier flight. All that good stuff. So we pulled out of the Maui Invitational. I think like Rick Pitino pulled out of something. Ah, too easy. Too easy. (laughs) You know, I I put it on a tee. You got to swing. It was like 2013. They were supposed to play the next year, and the last second they pulled out to go play in Atlantis for the first time. And so Maui was like, "Okay, bleep you. We're never inviting you back." Uh And then we get Chris Mack, and this was set up for a long time. But I mean, little fans are pumped. Like, it's it's going to be. I'm hoping to. I'm trying. I'm trying to pull some strings. Um, I would love to be there. I think it's got to be there. Can you produce? Can you produce podcasts? Because we can. Uh, we can just start a rivalry with you and Jim, and and you and Jim like fight. Like we'll turn that into content. You two fight for the third spot on our show. To I should say, like while I'm on, I love Jim. Like like Jim has been such a fantastic <laughs> no, addition. Don't We're say that. I love, I love, you don't, you I don't love Kyle. <laughs> I love Kyle. I laugh every time Jim talks. Like it, dynamite no, dropping totally. every single time. It's fantastic. <laughs> what an addition. We laugh out of nervousness because we're like, we're not sure what he's going to say. <laughs> he can say I will, however, happily take his spot if, if it means I get to go now. 
You got to come to Maui. That's a lock. And also, Rick Pitino, his first job in basketball was at the University of, of Hawaii. So the fact That's that he true. didn't really go to Hawaii makes no sense to me. But Full circle. Yeah. We're make, I'm doing it doing it for Rick. That's how <laughs> yeah, I'm going to phrase this. It's going to be – oh, man. It, it really is. It's gonna we be should great. do a live show together in Maui as a group. That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. It's going to be great. Um, hey, la- last thing I was going to ask you. Um, well, maybe maybe more. I don't know. We don't. We don't. We're not in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you went to your first Indy 500 last year. Are you going again this year? I got the invite. Ooh. I had to. I had to back out at the last second. Oh. I'm very upset about it. But I get to go next year. Damn. I'm pumped about that. I know we had some stuff come up, but I mean you. You hyped it up pretty thoroughly. I think it was actually on the podcast last year when we talked about this. Because I, I, I'm always going to to rep Louisville in the Kentucky Derby. You made your case for the Indy 500, and I'll be honest, like my mind was blown. Like the fact that you get to bring in whatever you can drink, whatever uh, you can eat, as somebody who had been sneaking alcohol taped to my like upper thighs into Churchill Downs since I was about 14 years old every year. Um, hope you're not listening, Churchill people. Like this is. I still do it if I had to. Statue limitations. Uh... Still do it. Hey, oh, boys, so... like the last time. The last time was like three weeks ago. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I could just like walk in with a cooler of beer, I felt like I was in Amsterdam. Like it, yeah. it was incredible. I'm, I'm like, this is heaven. This is this is incredible. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on before the race. They keep you entertained. I couldn't have had a better time. Helio Castro Neves climbed the like the the fence right in front of me. Uh-huh. Like it was it was. It could not have been a better first impression of the Indy 500. Well, that, it, it warmed my heart because uh, I, I I want to take another stab at the Kentucky Derby because Mike, the, the, I've been there one time. It was raining all day, um, yeah. which, which and, and we were in the infield too, so it like kind of made it fun because I was young and all the debauchery of like a muddy infield and people running on porta potties and the whole deal. And I was like, this is kind of cool, whatever. But also, I'm soaking wet. Don't love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But exactly what you said, like I, I grew up going to the 500 where you can take any, if you can carry it, they let you bring it in. Like you just, you just we brought kegs to the infield at the 500 one time. We just wheeled in kegs into the race. Incredible. <laughs> it was not practical at all. It was, it was a huge pain in the ass getting them in there. We just did it to say we did it. And then I go to the, uh, to the Kentucky Derby and I thought it was the same thing. And like all, all of us from Indy are just like carrying like coolers of beer on our shoulders as we're walking in. And they're like, yeah, you got to get rid of all of that. We all just like looked at each other like, that can't be right. That can't, that cannot be right. They're like, no, no, no. You got to go buy a $26 mint julep. That's, that's what you have to do here. And we're like, what? It's so weird too, that I feel like, like nobody from Louisville who hasn't been in the Indy 500 knows that that's the deal with the Indy 500. Like I had no idea until you told me. And I feel like nobody from Indiana who always goes to Indy 500 knows that about the dirt. We're both very aware of what goes on in the city. Mike, you and I need to bridge the gap between. I know. Yeah. We got to, we got to bridge the gap between Kentucky and Indiana and bring us all together. And there doesn't, cause like the other thing too, is like growing up in Indiana, I would hear about like the Derby's cool, but it sucks compared to the 500. It was like always like the, cause I heard the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was always like some sort of rivalry. And then like, as I've gotten older, I realized they're not even on the same weekend. They're like, like you could very easily do both. I, I, could I love do, they were both talking shit about the other one. I could live in, <laughs> I, I live in California for God's sake. They're like far enough apart that I could like fly in for the Derby, fly back, have enough time to chill back at home and then fly over to, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's a competing deal, but for some reason I got put in my head that we were competing. And uh, like, I, was I always that you was enjoyed like, it last year. I was always, I was like, well, we have like a Derby festival, like the whole, like two weeks to, to lead up to the race. Like Indy doesn't have that. And they're like, yeah, there's a, there's a festival for the Indy 500. I'm like, <laughs> we'll do do they have two steamboats racing in a river? Yeah, yeah. If, if not, 
Talk to me after that. It's, it's, yeah. the, the the pride for the Kentucky Derby and the Indianapolis 500 is basically just college basketball, just it, like in a different in, in, in a different way, where it's just like no, we do just, like. What, but they what, can't what, play each other, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're like no, you're well, like we, Kentucky, Indiana, it's right Kentucky, now. Indiana, right <laughs> there, Kentucky, Indiana, right there, perfect. Yes, <laughs> they won't play. They don't. They don't want to play. <laughs> they should play, but they won't play. <laughs> Why won't they race the horses on that track? <laughs> yeah. That's the way we bring it together is we do a unified race. We do half horses, half cars. <laughs> horses racing on the Indy track would be amazing. Roman Groshans just taking his car right into like the first millionaire's row right <laughs> yeah, over the railing. Yeah, yeah. Just, I can't drive on this track. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the way it's, we, but we get to name the Indy cars like horse names, and then the horse names have to be like after Indy car drivers. There you like, go. Scott there Dixon is. is being ridden by Irad Ortiz in next year's uh, next year's Kentucky Derby. This sounds like a great episode of TNT's The Match. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, like right. something that we're headed for in like ten years. The oh, ultimate man. crossover, the bookend <laughs> May events. This is this is what off season sports are. Mike, God bless you. Congratulations to Louisville. Hang the banner, uh, off season champs. Uh, as of now, though, it's still early. We we saw this last year. Memphis was winning the off season very early. Um, yeah, that's why Penny shook though, because you guys took you took his spot. Kenny right, took yeah. his spot pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. So we we hope you can hold on, but for right now, you guys are winning the off season. We're we're happy for you. We're feeling good. Uh, I've got a message to interim athletic director Josh Hurd, who I love, or anybody at U of L. Put the banner back up. NCA doesn't exist anymore. Put Ooh. all the banners back up. Let's do it. All all the banners go back. Hundred percent. Put the hundred percent. You got it. You got it. Right there with you. If we watch the game and it happened, hang the hang the banner. Hang I mean, the banner. That, here's a, a small pet peeve too. So like Louisville played at Western Kentucky this year at Diddle Arena. Western technically has two of their final fours stripped from vacated because they got caught cheating or whatever. They have got banners in their arena. Banners are still hanging. How are we picking and choosing what <laughs> banners are allowed? To, Who's going to Western Kentucky to take those banners down? Yeah, right. though? That's, that's here's, this is what I want to happen because eventually the banner is going to go back up. Either the NCAA doesn't exist or Louisville just, it just says middle fingers up to everybody. The banner will go up at some point in time. The year that it does, I want like that banner to be 50 times bigger than the other two banners nah. inside the Yum Center. <laughs> Agreed. I want the court inside the Yum Center to just be it's a big, big 2013 banner. <laughs> I want everybody on the team, their jersey number to be 2013. And yes. like their, their last name can be championship, champions, yes. whatever. I want to be so obnoxious about it. Just stick it right in everybody's face just for that season. And then we can go back to normal. They you need got, to blow it up and just make the biggest deal out of it. You possible. can only be 20 or 13 that year. Every exactly. single player is 20 or 13. There it is. Hang them and get those shirts that the, the come and take it shirts. And then that's like the gun, or whatever, <laughs> like that whole format. Say so come and take it. And it's a, the 2013 banner and, and hand those out to all the Louisville fans. That's my idea. Throw, oh. out, throw them out at the games and then hang the banner and then dare the NCAA to do anything about it. Th We're that would make, that'd be amazing. The the banner unfurling. I just envision it being like on the jumbotron. Everyone's like, "Man, they did a big for the," and it just stays there for the rest of if, the year. If you're like, "I thought this was a one-time." No, thing. I mean, if Kansas and Carolina and I, I don't know all the other schools hey, can hang their bit. Purdue, I think, has a national championship banner that they hang because the they, the Helms Foundation or the, Butler. Like, Butler 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 has one that. Uh, yeah. Although Butler, I think they hung theirs like after they. After the season was over, Tate. I'm saying, like, you. <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't get me. <laughs> that thing's been in Hegel Fieldhouse since 1924. <laughs> North Carolina, the 1924. I was, I was trying to rip that banner down no. when I was in Hegel Fieldhouse. Dude, I'm like, give me a ladder. The 1924 North Carolina National Championship team was great team. They were all with dead Carmichael. when they decided, when they realized they, they played with weighted vests. <laughs> they, like, they played with weighted vests. Okay? It was 1986 when they found out <laughs> they won the national title. True sportsmen. If they can hang those banners, 
God damn it. Hang the Louisville 2013. Louisville should hang the banner. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, we, we already have. I love what they did, though. They have a because technically Luke Hancock won a court case that says he's still recognized as the 2013 most outstanding player. He so sued somebody over that. So we, he did. He did. We have a we have a I shit you not. We have a most outstanding player banner inside the Yum Center, which has the most outstanding players from 1980. Oh. And 1986 and 2013, a small nod to the fact that we won three national champions. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why we have to be subtle about it. Just put it up. Make the banner a big middle finger. I don't care. Like just, just whatever we got to do, banner make needs it, to go back make, up. Make, it, make a banner that's a middle finger and it says we did not win the 2013 national cha- And then put yeah. like we did not in very small letters. And it's a middle yeah. finger and hang out. I've been and it's Rick this- finger. It's Rick it's Pitino's finger. <laughs> I want banners for everything at this point. Like, just make them as meaningless as possible. We won the Bahamar yeah. Bahamas Championship last year. Banner, bring it up. We won the Wade Houston Tip-Off Classic, a COVID tournament that we hosted <laughs> that we only won because, like, five of the teams went out to 4th Street Live and got COVID and had to, to back out. Banner, put it up there. That's what, Let's do it. You guys that, are sounding like a Big Ten team right now. No, that's what North care. Carolina – Mike, that, if you average more than seven points a game in North Carolina, they put your jersey in the rafters, so <laughs> why not? <laughs> Haven't lost to Kentucky since COVID started. Banner, put it up Banner, there. put it up. Pre-pandemic, uh, guys. Pre-pandemic. Don't let anybody forget. Have not lost since pre-pandemic. Mike, you're the best. Uh, we look forward to having you on eight games into the season when Imani Bates has uh, <laughs> sunk your season and you've uh, given up all hope. We can't, can't wait. To, I can't, I can't but wait. his first 36 is going to be great, so the scouts are going to love it. I'll talk to you guys then. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you to Mike Rutherford uh, for, for coming on the show, giving us the breakdown. Um, I, I am excited, Tate. I wasn't, I wasn't just pandering to Mike. I actually am excited for Louisville, Kentucky rivalry. I think, I think this is what I needed. I needed something, uh, something that resonated on a national scale and wasn't just like some story about sisters who are 78, but they're both 178, 176. And, and boy, do we have a story for you? They grew up in Kentucky and one grew up a Louisville (laughs) fan, but one grew up a Kentucky fan. And oh my! And you know, I don't need those stories. Those stories don't do it for me. I need but, uh, someone using John Calipari's tactics. Ta- yes, John Calipari. That gets me going. That, that, gets, me that gets me going. And it's his number it. two in command. You know what I mean? This would be like if Doctor Evil, like if Number Two left Doctor Evil and started up a whole other empire of evil. Yeah. And Doctor Evil's like, that's my. It'd be game. like, that's like what I do. you're you're like a Carolina, like a Dean Smith fan. It'd be like if so, if if someone. Cl- in in the state of North Carolina started a program and like tried to take the the persona of Dean Smith and apply it to their program. Yeah. And 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 kind of be like the leader of men that's like molding these young men and um and there's a bigger game than basketball. It's a game of life. It'd be something similar to that, you know? Yeah, like for if sure. that ever happened. For sure. And then Crazy. coaching all like the the superstars of the USA team and you know, yeah. stealing lines yeah. from Dean Smith's books and, and reading it to them as if they're your own. Yeah, that'd be crazy. And getting the best player and 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 just hammering home the fact that you're best buds with the the guy who's the face of the NBA. And that Do is you your want guy. me to call LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get the hell out of here. It's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Uh I I uh I I'm ready to ready to to get back to Indy for the Indy 500. Do you have do you have a shout outs closeouts anything? Yeah, I got a shout out quickly. Uh, my parents. Um, first off, my mom was very upset because last episode you shout out your mom on her birthday, and my mom was like, I mean, I don't know. I was listening to the show. Mark shouted out his mom on his on her birthday. Where where was my birthday shout out? So shout out to my Whoa. mom. Three weeks late. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> God, what a good one. I love you. Um, got our Caleb Love signed jersey, I, you know, for a birthday. That, that was something. I will say you 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 told uh you told Jim and me both that it was your mother's birthday. So yeah. I think maybe you 
in my you mind, thought, I thought you were on I, air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, we were, we every were, time I'm talking to a microphone that it, it is going to be on yeah. the podcast. So maybe that that's a good. Jim, thing. did you cut? Did you cut it out? Did he Jim say it on the show? Out. You cut it. Jim cut it out. No, but I did say to Tate. I reminded him too. I was like, make sure you say happy birthday to your mom oh, on yeah. the show. And he said, that, he said no. He said <laughs> he, he's the hard F. It was crazy. The hard F. <laughs> Freak no. Um, yeah, but my parents. Fudge her. <laughs> my but my parents and I we went to Chapel Hill. Quick shout out, we just went to Chapel Hill today. It was the first time I got to take them into the Dean Dome, walk on the court with them. Uh, you know, it was their first time doing that. So got to go to the Carolina Basketball Museum, be in Chapel Hill all day. So I uh, got to go to Sutton's, got to get lunch there. It was a oh, great yeah. day at Chapel Hill. Um, you know, so, so I went to the uh, you, you guys took me to the Carolina Basketball Museum, right? Or did I do it? Did I do it myself? When I when I was there, I think you went um, with Greg, right? Didn't I went, you? Yeah, Greg and yeah. I went. I remember yeah. walking through there. Yeah, and it, it was pretty sick. Yeah, it and it's got the court. You know, the old Carmichael court is on. Yeah, I've 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 discovered this. Um, you have to have a lot of history to have a good museum. <laughs> that is the truth. That's the, the truth. The best part about the museum is that, like, there's things that they like, similar to when we were doing the Indiana stuff. It was like the guys there that work the museum are telling you about the stuff that they want to put right. in, that they have to put. You know what I mean? Right. That is what you want, and that's how it was at Carolina because I was I was like, where's like you know Bobby Jones? Like, what? Where's the Secretary of Defense? They're like, oh, actually, we're gonna do a Bobby Jones exhibit. <laughs> and I was like, great. <laughs> you know, like, I'd love to hear that. But that that's what you need in a museum. It was a great day in Chapel Hill. My parents had a great time, and uh, it's great to be back home. So shout out to North Carolina. Shout out to Chapel Hill. Shout out to Eric Hoots who took us around. Great guy. You met him as well, Titus. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Are you? Uh, are you? Are you doing? Uh, speaking of speaking of Carolina, I'm going back to Indiana. We're both we're both going to be home on yeah. Memorial Day weekend. But, we're uh, we're you, hometown this heroes. Is, this is a big uh, this is a big Indiana versus North Carolina weekend with the uh, yeah. Coca-Cola 600 and Indiana, uh, Indianapolis 500 going on at the same time. I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the Indy 500. What you're gonna do that for? I mean, not to say that like I'm usually watching the Coca Cola 600. You know what I mean? Maybe when I was younger, I was a big Bobby Labonte fan back in the day. But uh, you know, currently as it stands, I feel like I have more interest after watching the F1 experience. I want to watch the Indy 500 with that in my in the back of my mind. Well, I I I I have a little preview for the for for you and the listeners. I'm gonna get get everyone and talking about NASCAR and Indy 500 both. uh, I start the preview with this: Jimmy Johnson. Yes, that Jimmy Johnson. Ooh. Not that Jimmy Johnson. The other Jimmy Johnson. No, no. Yes, that it is that Jimmy Johnson, but not that Jimmy Johnson. The other that. Think yeah. of all the Jimmy Johnsons who are him. It is the the one there, who. There are two him. The there are two. But it's him. not that one. It's the other one. The Jimmy Johnson that won, I believe, seven NASCAR titles. Uh, somewhere around there, somewhere in the neighborhood, won a ton of of NASCAR. Winston Cup slash Nextel Cup Nextel slash Cup, yeah. Gatorade Cup G <laughs> the G League Toyota whatever the hell the sponsor is Big Newton Cup of the Year <laughs> the Nextel Cup do you remember that Nextel dude that's when you were saying he won the cup I was like honestly the Nextel Cup that's that's what the name the, is uh, it's Winston Cup to me dude Winston was that was I like I it was so synonymous to me that it never crossed my mind that Winston was a cigarette company. I just thought that was like I thought it was named after some guy named like Carl Winston. You know, mm. I thought that was the like Wrigley Field. Like yeah. you, like it, like Wrigley Field is Wrigley Field. You don't think that Wrigley Field is like named after a gum company. You're just like no, that's Wrigley Field. There's probably yeah, Mister like, Wrigley. No, dude, it's a, you're like oh my god, it is technically a corporate sponsorship. I never really thought about it though. That's what I thought about the Winston Cup. Anyway, 
Jimmy Johnson Tate is racing in the Indianapolis 500. Love Why that. is he doing this? Because last year, well, he's, he, he's, he last year raced a few races, I think with, with the Indy cars, but he called the Indianapolis 500 and oh. basically got the itch. He was like, I, I, I gotta be a part of this. He's like, I, I, I need, I need to race. What? His, this that's is this sick. is the story. Yeah, that's it. His wife said no. His wife, like, he's always wanted to race the Indianapolis 500. Apparently, his wife said uh, she would not allow him to do it because, like, the 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 Indy cars go the the the, the speed is insane. Like, we'll get to that in a second. But the, the the they're going 230 plus miles an hour. She didn't feel like it was safe. Jimmy Johnson comes back with uh with with all of his stats, all of his data. He he presents it to his wife after after he Love calls it. the race. And he's like, honey, we're good. It's going to be good. I promise you. She okays it. He is now, he is now, uh, he, he qualified, I believe, 12th um, for, for the race on Sunday. He is the big story. Jimmy Johnson is racing in the Indianapolis 500. And even though he qualified 12th, he has a car that's good enough to win it. He could win this thing what? because um, I watched all of qualifying. Uh, he, the reason he's qualifying 12th, his car was great. He's, he's, he's racing with Chip Ganassi's team, which they have, they have great cars this, yeah. this year. They're, they're all hauling ass, all these Chip Ganassi cars. He overcooks turn one, like on, on the qualifying, um, on the, on qualifying on pole Sunday, basically he, he, he comes out of the gate a little too hot and almost hits the wall on turn one and he has to like do a quick adjustment. And just that little tweak cost him a, t- a ton of time and he ends up qualifying 12th, but that's not indicative of like where his car is. You know what I mean? So he could win this. It's kind of nice, you know what I mean? Like he yeah. might sneak up on some people. No, yeah. he's he's in a good spot. I didn't love that. Like he got interviewed after after he almost hit the wall, and he got asked like what happened. He was like, "I'm just inexperienced." He's like, "I I, I don't I kind of don't know what I'm doing out here." And I was like, "Ooh, totally." <laughs> I was like, "I love the humility, Jimmy. I love that you're you're <laughs> yeah. like, you know, because it's kind of cool to see a guy that's won as much as he has and as accomplished of a driver as he has to be like, yeah, to, uh, you know, this be like this is yeah. this is a different animal. This is harder for me." Yeah. But then I was also like, I don't know if I'm going to bet on this man on Sunday. <laughs> you come out and say, I'm inexperienced. So there's that. There's this story, Tate, that uh, Scott Dixon is on the pole for the second year in a row. Scott Dixon was absolutely hauling ass. He set a, a record, an Indianapolis 500 record for pole qualifying. Uh, averaged 234 miles an hour for four laps. Ten, went 10 miles, averaging 234 miles an hour. Um, broker, broker record set in 1996. Uh, the, he, he won the poll last year, by the way, the time, the, 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 the speed that he averaged last year in poll qualifying that got him on the poll last year would start 10th in this year's race. That's how fast these guys are going this year. They're so this is flying, like, dude. So this is like a much anticipated Indy 500. This is a very anticipated. Up. Yes. Everybody's fine. The, these cars, we have not seen cars this fast since 1996. They, they are flying. It's insane. Uh, then there's the Hoosiers that I'm pulling for. Ed Carpenter starting fourth. Connor Daly starting 18th. No Hoosiers won it since 1940. Connor Daly led 40 laps last year. Ed Carpenter led like 65, I want to say, in 2018. Um, Castro Neves is going for number five. That would be a record. Uh, I don't know and what this else is, there is. This is dancing there's a lot of stories. Stars. This is dancing this with is, the star yes. champion, Elio Castro yes. Neves, right? <laughs> Um, Takuma Sato is a guy that like I've I've come to love. He he won it in 2020. He won it in 2017. He's going for his third one. He's absolutely insane. So he's a guy to keep an eye on if you're watching the race. That like like he's a guy like if he's in third on the final lap, he's he's going to just floor it and and let the chips fall where they may. Like he's 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 got the biggest balls of all yeah. the drivers for sure. He's just like fuck it, let it rip, let's go. And and he he is not scared of anything. And uh, 
he's won my respect for that. So now we're not haters here on this program, but I have to ask, is there any driver that you're like, this is my worst case scenario that this guy Mm. wins the Indy 500? Is there like a Californian or anyone out there that's racing in this that you're like, please, anybody, anybody, Indy 500 started. And I don't want to, and again, we're not haters on this program, but I just wondered if that, cause that's the thing, dude, honestly, you kind of need a heel. I think I know like a lot of these guys, like I keep getting told that the, the, that the appeal of formula one is that they kind of hate each other and there's rivalries and all that. And I guess that's like maybe the downside of, of IndyCar is that that all these dudes kind of like each other. Tony Kanaan's like the nicest guy on planet earth. He's my, he's my favorite. I cheer for him all the time. Um, I wish he was from Indiana because then I would I would I would really cheer for him. But uh, yeah, he, he's he's awesome. I don't know. I guess I would just like. Oh, it's actually good to know that there is no drama and no you know diva that that takes away. I'll from say it. this: you get like I I get I definitely I I think there's a sense at the race people cheer for the guys that have won it already. There's a lot of front runners in India. Yeah. There's a lot of guys like like Takuma. I remember when Sato won in 2017, and everyone's looking around like, "Who the hell is this guy? Like, what's, what's going on?" And You're now like, he's a bad race. <laughs> now he's won twice, and I'm going into it like excited for the idea of Sato winning the third time. We're all just bandwagoners. So I guess like the, the guys we're not cheering for are some of the European dudes that no one's ever heard of. Those are okay. the, that's that's the that's the downside. The Luka Doncic. There was yeah yeah there was one year. Uh, uh one of the formula one guys alonzo was in the race and it was 50 50 some people were cheering for him to do well um because he, he was a he's, he's he drives formula one now he's, he still does formula one but he like took a sabbatical from formula one or like took a week off or something to do the indy 500 and i remember that year uh some people wanted him to wanted him to win because they thought it'd bring more eyeballs to the indy 500 and like this would be a good way to 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 you know do some cross promotion but most of the people from Indy were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> get him out of yeah, my face. Right. Get, I mean, get him that's kind of how I feel like it should be. Yeah. That's how that's how I'm gonna be when I'm watching the Indy five hundred. I might He's even too, tweet for you. He, he was he I was might too, tweet, this is so much better than F one than at F one. He was too to have people saying, Shut up, bitch. Yeah, yeah. There's a little too much like I I'm better than all of you, and this is a little bit beneath me. And we're like, then 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 leave, dude. We don't Classic. want you here, you know. Yeah, but that's well. why that like honestly, as as much as it might surprise you that the 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 rednecks in Indiana do love like some foreign guys that um in in this race, we love the foreign guys who embrace it. Like guys like Tony Kanan and Elio Castroneves come to Indy, they like are there all month, they'll go do like the local news channel freaking like 6 a.m morning shows they'll talk about how much they love indianapolis and then when the race starts everybody cheers for them and uh i don't know that's it's pretty cool so that's that's the formula that's what all these guys do though so everybody cheers for everybody you're right we need some heels we need more uh i'm also i'm about it i I like this i I like kyle bush and the uh guys you know what you need you need bryson dechambeau you know you need you need someone to come in that's like thinks that he's innovating the game, but really yeah. he's just being an asshole. You know what I mean? Like he, nothing he's doing is innovating, but he keeps talking about innovating. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. We need uh, Rena's VK is is starting third. They're the last little nugget I'll share with you. This this guy's like I feel uh, up to speed. This is nice. Yeah, Rena's VK I think is I think he's like twenty one. I really think I think he's he's really young. But he, he's a Dutch dude, and his name is is like Van something. It's Rena's Van. It starts with a K. And he, he literally changed his name to VK, V-E-E-K-A-Y, because his his people, his 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 rock nation media training <laughs> people, they thought that that him coming to America 
uh, like the Americans would have trouble pronouncing. And sure enough, I don't know how to pronounce his real name. Uh, they, they would have trouble pronouncing his name. So they, they changed his name to just VK. <laughs> his They're like, we're VK. just going to make this as simple as possible. We're going to go the Madonna route. We need one <laughs> name, one word. VK. Stick with it. <laughs> so he's starting third. He's a, uh, he was hauling ass too and, and qualifying and he's a, uh, I don't know, someone to watch them. Anyway, the, the race is, the race is absolutely awesome. Anybody in the top, like 20, honestly, in starting has a chance top 25 i don't know it's it's insane it's the, it's the greatest it's it is and how many how many last question for me how many cars are in total for the people 33 33 33 there you go 11 rows of three to start um 500 miles two and a half mile track it is my favorite sporting event on planet earth i absolutely love it we're gonna get you to one of these one of these days is that days. why i'm in is that yeah. why larry bird wears 33 that's a great question that's a great question that's David, why, in my mind, I'm gonna go ahead and pencil that in as that's why. When someone asked me a random Larry Bird fact, I'm like, he wears 33 because the Indy 500, 33 cars. Uh, David Letterman's a, uh, an owner, by the way. What team does it? Who's driving for him? Who's his driver? Uh, he, he I, I, he's, I think it's Letterman Rahal. So I think he's Graham Rahal. Okay. Graham Rahal's dad won it in 1986. Bobby Rahal. Um, nice. And Graham Rahal's from Hilliard, Ohio. How about that? That's where oh, I used to yeah. live. So I don't nice. know. That's a it's a small I, could, I, I could talk about also this. Also, shout out to Letterman for staying connected to his indie roots. I yeah. mean, a lot of times you feel like he's trying to trying to you know push away from it, but it's nice to hear that he's still got an Indy 500 in his blood. Um, watch the Indy 500. That's all I ask of people on Sunday. Just watch the Indy 500. I absolutely love I'm gonna it. Watch. It's, it's the greatest thing ever, and I, it'll be a great race. It really, it really does deliver. Every single race is awesome. There will be in. There, there's not always. It, I'll put it this way: you don't watch for the crash. That's that's how you know this race is awesome. You don't watch it because like. It's, this isn't Talladega or Daytona or wherever you're like, just, we're just all waiting for that big one. There is no, there doesn't have to be a big one in Indy 500 for it to be yeah. awesome. What makes it awesome is that these guys, this is the biggest race on planet earth and all these guys know it and they're all trying to win it. And they just go, they're in, they're in cars that are going 230 miles an hour mm. and they just get like fucking crazy about it. And they, they are going three wide around turns and weaving in and out of each other. And it's, it's insane. It's just absolutely insanity. And the, I love it, and I hope everybody watches. So that's it. That's all I got to say. God, I love it. I love it. That's a great lead into Memorial Day weekend, too. Be with the family, watch the Indy 500, and enjoy yourself. Rest um, and recover. I, what all the NBA players should have done yeah. instead of playing in the bubble. By yeah. the way, I'm going to see Top Gun tomorrow at, at the IMAX in, in Indy. I'm so excited for this. That's pretty I'm so electric. Excited, I'm going to go see it with so my excited. mom uh, and my brother on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a Top Gun weekend. I'm going to watch Obi-Wan on Friday. Stranger Things comes back on Friday as well. There's a lot of good TV coming out this weekend for the family at home. Did you see so. Barry on Sunday? They, uh, there was, the there was the a algorithm. great algorithm rant. I was Dude. dying. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so glad her show got canceled, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just I in know. the context of the show. <laughs> I know, I know. You're but like, I heard one more thing about Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, please cancel the show. Please. <laughs> I was like cheering for the algorithm. I'm like, yes. Speaking of TV, the other thing I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I, I started watching that. Uh, did you see that prehistoric planet David Attenborough deal on yeah. Apple? Yeah. Dude, that is the trippiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I, I wasn't saw even it. I wasn't even high, and I was watching it just like, what is that? Like, because it put my brain on a pretzel dude because uh, like planet earth is absolutely sick obviously i don't need to tell everybody about that but i'm watching this and it's like planet earth but then it's breaking your brain because like you're, you're just like falling into the normalcy of it and you're just watching you're like oh that is pretty sick dude like so the brachiosaurus does what now oh that's sick man that's cool 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 wait no no it doesn't like wait a second 
this isn't footage. What are we doing? You know, you like yeah. snap in and out of like, <laughs> like digital recreation. Yeah, I, I was tripping out watching it. So yeah, um, it's a funny like like a pocket of people that are really dinosaur people. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, there's a group of people that are so excited about and I love Jurassic Park. I I guess. I'm part the dinosaur person, but like the people that are really into it, you know, because you kind of a lot of people have lanes. They're like, I'm an alien person, or I'm a dinosaur person, I'm a god person. You know, like they they find yeah. what they like, they they kind of latch onto. I find the dinosaur people the most fascinating. You know what I mean? Because I guess compared to alien people, you're like we're not as crazy as those guys. Yeah, know? at least our thing's real, and we have <laughs> yeah, at least we have face. bones. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Brad Stevens die you guy. That's a that's yeah, yeah. I'm a cookay is a loser forever. So. Jim, what's your what's your uh, what's the thing that you're passionate about that you tell people and, and they think you're crazy? Probably shouting out the military for Memorial Day weekend that you guys didn't do yet. <laughs> no, I was getting to it, Jim. Gonna, <laughs> you yeah. were not. Plus, you Jim, don't shout out the uh, military. I like, on I like Jim. You I like out those who served. Jim, there's one of us on the show that has seen Band of Brothers. If you're such a military guy, how you, you haven't Jim, seen uh, They Jim, Shall Not Grow Old There's one person on the show that's grandfather was at Iwo Jima that was Ooh. fighting in the Band of Brothers. So that would be me. Which side was point. he on, though, Tate? Which Marines. side was he on? Tell everybody. Marines. Tell everybody, Tate. Marines. <laughs> Saving your ass. Letting you have a free yeah. life where you can just yeah, sit right, sit Tate. Around. We know. We know. We know. Hey, can I give a quick shout out to this tour guide? I forgot his name. He did a great job. He took me all around uh, the G League Museum. It took 35 seconds, but it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jim uh, with the heat out. checks Val- after Mike Rutherford tells him that he's uh he's the best part of the show every time he checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, shout, out, shout out Mike, what's his name? Yeah, he was good. <laughs> also, uh <laughs> Yeah, go Kentucky or whatever. Shout out to thing. uh um, I, 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 I got one more shout out. Shout out to the uh shout out to the Emmys for not giving Jim Cunningham another Emmy. Yeah, that um, was we lost we lost we lost our <laughs> Emmy crap. to uh the NBA on TNT. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Everson win? Everson didn't even win. That's bullshit. Um, but I was okay because I realized when when Jim said when Jim said that he had won an Emmy, I realized it was one of those deals where it's like I don't want to be a part of the club that Jim Cunningham's a part of. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I don't, don't want this even trophy. want it. it. I'm about the art, dude. Um, Chad, fellow New Yorker Michael Jordan, who isn't listed in Laney High School's Wikipedia under notable alumni. That's how you know he's a New Yorker. Well, he, didn't, Carolina, man. he didn't he didn't make the team as freshman year. Too many good Whoa. players. <laughs> what? Good players in North what Carolina. is that? Breaking news? He didn't make the what? Too many good players, dude. Hard, hard to make <laughs> a team in North Carolina. Not like uh, New York. And, uh, I have one it. more I, I have one more preemptive shout out to uh hockey Reddit who says shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you have it. Oh, I, I do have one more. This is this is a longer <laughs> you know shout the hockey out people time. are gonna hate you guys for like talking about hockey. hockey. Oh, for sure. Like, the worst sure. about that shit. Yeah. No, hockey, <laughs> hockey, hockey is the number one. Uh, like my sport, but don't like it in that but way. But don't please. talk about it. Yeah, don't, but don't you talk dare about act it. like you know anything. <laughs> exactly. About it. Please like my sport, but not not in that way. <laughs> yeah, I also mm-hmm. love that. Like hockey Reddit and hockey Twitter are the biggest goober uh, nerds on planet Earth, and like hockey players. Like all the all the former hockey players that come on TV and talk about hockey are like dumb as a box of rocks, but like it's it's endearing how stupid they are, and they're and they just like like you, you know nothing about these guys, but you can just see them like 
dipping a towel in water and spinning it up and like flipping each other on the ass with it, you know, like that's the kind of guys we're talking about here that play that's hockey. And then the dudes that the dudes that are talking about hockey are just like the biggest neckbeard goobers you've ever met. It's it's like on the internet. I mean, it's very <laughs> um, not Barry Melrose. Shout out to Barry. Melrose. No, like the, the, I mean, the, the former player Barry Melrose. Obviously, the players are awesome. And the, the fans seem like goobers, but whatever. That's just my. Opinion. Uh, I wanted to shout out. I can't wait for hockey <laughs> ready to get that one. I want to shout out Allie LaForce because I uh, I mistakenly got her identity mixed up with Jamie Riddle on, on when I did a part of my we did we did like a bit Tate on when I went on part of my take uh, she's not where we did the uh, we did the <laughs> she's not gonna see this <laughs> <laughs> shut up dude we uh we did a uh, we did our start Jim is Reddit live he is Reddit comment through live. yeah Reddit Jim is the it. algorithm. Algorithm Jim is his name. Algorithm. Algorithm. That's what we got to figure out who the, the him of the algorithm. Who's the him of the algorithm? Yeah. We did our starting five of uh, sportscasters of uh, basketball players. And I think PFT commenter said, uh, what about Jamie Erdahl? And then I was like, she played basketball at Ohio University. And I don't know why I said that because I knew it was Allie the Force, but I. Uh, I got it mixed up and I felt really bad about it, Tate. And it's been eating away at me all week. And I just wanted to publicly apologize to the entire LaForce family. Yeah. Everyone uh, in, in Bobcat Nation, everyone, every OU fan out there, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Allie LaForce is who I was thinking of. And uh, it won't happen again. So I played, <clears throat> speaking of, I played basketball with Jamie Erdahl at North Carolina in Woolen Gym. She played pickup with us when she was dating one of my friends back in the day. She literally oh, really? played pickup with us, all guys. She was like, "Don't take it easy on me." And uh, I mean, she's, so she's not a bad pick either. Then. No, no, she's. she's right. well, so I just wanted to go. give you that. Like you, you weren't completely off base. She can play basketball. I originally thought it was like I, it, it, I, I was so upset about it because I knew it was I was wrong. You know, like one yeah. of those things that like hmm. it was more of like a why did I say that? Like I, I knew it was out of the force the whole time. Why would I say that? But like, what you know. Hey. I was trying to. I was trying to. That's why we have this show, though. Reverse engineer, right? Yeah, I was course correcting on this show that uh, she will 100 percent not listen to, and she never cared about. <laughs> oh, she'll find it on Reddit. Don't worry. She'll, I be, on record. she'll be on yeah. NHL Reddit, <laughs> listening back to this. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a uh, have a have a fun Memorial Day weekend. Um, go watch Band of Brothers if you haven't seen it already, Ooh. and uh, that's it. That's uh, that's all I got. We will see you on the other side. Perfect. Hilarious. <laughs>